This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. So, once again, we're back here for another episode here to talk about professional wrestling in certain aspects that we have been seeing or you haven't heard or anything else. As you know, you know, this is 2022. Wrestling does not stop for any fans, including myself. So let's get to it to the very first topic. Recent developments has been taking place in DDM. I mean, in, in stardom, my bad. If you guys don't know what I'm referring to, it appears DDM, Donna DeMondo, has gained two new members. Now, how did this whole thing begin? Let's go from the beginning. Last year... During, uh, I think it was the Kawasaki Super Wars. After the match between uh, Mai Sukurai and Waka Sukiyama, members of Cosmic Angels, they were attacked by some mysterious figure without knowing why. So basically they attacked. And then a month later, I think it was during the Tokyo Super Wars, during after the match between uh, Ruka and defending her title against, the, uh, of course, Mai and Waka during the that match the same assailant attacked all three of them it's still unclear why why that she made this unnecessary attack and then of course it happened again but this time in osaka osaka super wars but this time it was right after when sudi of ddm was able to defeat all three wrestlers that she was assigned to wrestle we have lady c waka and mai and added blue Two assailants show up and attack. Now, it was still unclear what was going on. However, the mystery, the whole mystery began with, at the year-end climax, which took place exactly on Christmas for stardom, the two assailants showed up with another person. It's still unclear what was going on, but attacked everybody who was in the ring, including stars consistent of Mayu, uh, Koguma, and Azuki. And try to take on all Waka, Mai, and Tam, who were in the ring. However, Mayu and Tam were able to unmask one of them. It turned out it was Julia all along. So Tam demanded what was going on. So apparently, Julia is looking at Tam recruiting two crappy wrestlers. So basically, it's more like a feud. And now Julia declared war. But however, she did indicate that two of the assailants were going to be new members of DDM. Now, it was still unclear who it was until the Stardom Award came around. It revealed to be Tekla, now known as Tekuda, and Mai, Mirai, uh, Mai Miyomi, you may know her from Tokyoshi Pro Wrestling. She now goes by Mirai. Now, it's the interesting, so it's pretty much clear that now Tekla recently just uh, resigned her position with Ice Ribbon. So, it makes perfect sense, but however, she does have a special relationship with Julia. They both came from the same promotion. Julia was in Ice Ribbon prior before going to stardom. It would make sense for her. But Mirai, I have been aware for uh, for months that she left Tokyo Yoshi Pro, but it was still unclear. that She did state that she was going to stardom, but it was still no indication why. But I did notice, it appears that she got more into shape, like she... Lost weight to be in good shape. I'm like, whoa, she has changed. So this is one of the new developments now that 
DDM have seven members. You know, we got Julia, Sudi, Micah, Himeka, Natsupoi, Mirai, and Tekuda. They're all members of DDM. So that is one development that took place. But however, another one took place exactly on the day of Stardom Awards. And I'm talking about Lady C. Now, I have talked about Lady C on certain occasions on my YouTube channel on many occasions. Lady C was the only member in the roster who was not affiliated with any faction. She was not she's not affiliated with Oda Tai, Stars, Queen's Quest, DDM, or Cosmic Angels. Now, there were strong indications that she could have gone with Cosmic Angels. Or there were others she teamed up with DDM and of course members from Stars. But she has teamed up on rare occasions with, of course, with Queen's Quest. But the real question was what team she was in. Now, there were those who were hoping that she was side with DDM because she's been. However, because of the incident that took place at um, Osaka Super Wars, that kind of might have changed her perspective. And now it's officially been foreseen. She has finally made her choice. And this was an unusual choice, but it just felt right. She just joined Queen's Quest. Yes, folks, you just heard me. She, and she just joined out of the heels after Queen's Quest were betrayed by their leader, Momo, when she joined Oda Tai. It kind of lifted up their spirits just a little bit that they needed. So it kind of tells that this was a good choice for her. And I'm sure that Utami, who is now, from my understanding, the new leader of, of Queen's Quest, that she is happy that this happened. They needed someone right now to lift up their spirits and i and i know there's a lot of people can say you know that um she might have they could have put her with the dm but whatever reason she could have been uh they put her in queen's quest and i'm okay with the idea but the sad thing is as you may or may not have heard that pierce queen's quest is no longer going to be wearing masks as part of their entrance because oh starlight kids continues to pick on queen's quest saying they need to stop with the mask that that's a direct insult because they're not wrestling in masks unlike her. But one way or the other, I have a feeling they will return back to mask, and there's nothing the Starlight Kid or Momo can do about that. Now, the next development that took place in Stardom, this happened just recently on the 8th of January, not too long ago. So today is the 10th. We just had a brand new person that showed up, and this one was a bit of a surprise for me, and the person, his name is Momo Kogo. Now, Momokogo, actually, I've seen her before on various occasions on two different promotions. I've seen her in Ice Ribbon, but she mostly operated with at-risk girls. So I mentioned about at-risk girls before, so she was dead. But I was fully aware recently that um, she left the promotion uh, last December of 2021. But there was no uh, indications of what her plans were for 2022. Whether she's going to be joining a promotion, or she's going to take some time off, or simply the one that is the 50-50 chance of like most likely retire. So it was still no clear, but however, like I said, she made her appearance on the 8th of January in Corkin Hall. So basically she's indicating that this is the place where she wants to be. But however, the welcome wagon just came around. I'm talking about the self-proclaimed assessor of new talent Unagi Sayaka of Cosmic Angels. So she confronted her. Now, this wouldn't surprise me because basically there will be a match between those two somewhere down the line. 
But this is where my thoughts slash theory slash prediction will be. There is a possibility that I will see Momokogo join the Cosmic Angels. Now hear me out, folks. Now hear me out. You probably say yourselves right now in the back of your heads saying, but Johnny, what? But Jira, what about the other factions she could have joined? There's, I mean, I agree with all of you 100%, but there's a reason why. If you guys know this or remember this or not, Unagi did the same thing to to my Sukurai when she first arrived last year, some point in September during the Five Star Grand Prix. And she requested to join Cosmic Angels, but Tam Nakano was the one who accepted it. And then all of a sudden, during a press conference during for the, I think it was the Kawasaki Super Wars, I'm not sure if that was it, um, Waka was invited to join uh, Cosmic Angels too. But they have a factor, all, these two ladies. Both Waka and Mirai came from at-risk girls. And here's the kicker. Tam Nakano also came from at-risk girls. So it would not surprise me if they recruit her. That is like a pattern that, to me, it fits in for the Cosmic Angels. These, these girls came from two different promotions. Now, some of you probably say, but what about Mina and Unagi? Well, both of them came from Tokyo Yoshi Pro. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that if someone from Tokyo Yoshi Pro would show up there. I mean, the most likely thing I would like to see is there's two of them. There's uh, Yuki Kamifuko and, of course, Miyu Watanabe. Those are two most likely I would love to see join Cosmic Angels if they go to stardom. So that's another conversation. But the real question is, but also it was foretold that Waka is really good friends with Momo. And I'm like, hmm, I wouldn't be surprised if Waka puts in a good word for it to Tam. Because, you know, Tam is the one who makes decisions to who she would want to be, bring in. She did state she wants the Cosmic Angels to be the best uh, faction in stardom. And it wouldn't surprise me on that. So that's pretty much it. What took place in the in the developments of Stardom? What's been going on with them now? Now this is a very interesting one that took place today. Um, I wasn't planning on it, but I added it at the last minute. Uh, Takamichinuku and Taichi of Suzuki Goon just produced a brand, a show that happened today on the tenth of January. It's called Takataichi Mania Three. Now. They had some amazing matches that they had. Now, this took place at Cork and Hall. Uh, it was broadcast by New Japan World. And, of course, it was on NJPW On Demand, which I have. But here's the kicker. You have to pay extra money, like $24.98. I don't know how much is that in yen. But the ma but the event took place in Cork and Hall. Um, they used the Just Tap Out platform, the, the ring, to do that, I don't think they were going to use the New Japan ring, but I'm sure Taka wouldn't mind because that's his promotion. But I have to say this event happened now. Um, I'm not going to put too much on this on what matches took place, but I'll put the ones that are more important to me. I feel like there were the all members of Suzuki Goon were involved, so I'll put with that. So let's go with that instead. One of the matches that uh, I saw was a submission tag team match. We have uh, Ren Ayanabe and Kano t taking on Suzuki Goon, Zack Sabre Jr., and Minoru Suzuki. Now, keep in mind, 
this is a, a submission match. It was like pretty much what I anticipated a whole lot. And I think it was really amazing how it was the, the throwing a submission tag. But it was, I feel that this was exactly in their wheelhouse where, as you guys know, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is a technical wrestler and so and apparently Minoru Suzuki studied that since he was involved in MMA in the past. So it wouldn't surprise me. But it was Zack Sabre Jr. that picked up the victory. Now the next match that they had after that was Takamichi Nuku versus El Desperado. Man, this match was brutal and intensified. Taka was like trying to uh, dislocate um, Desperado's knee, but Desperado would not give in no matter what. But he did finish off Taka with, of course, the pinchi loco uh, move, and it was already over. But Taka seems like he has one thing in mind right now, and his mind is focused on the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. But I don't know if he ever held that title before. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I'll do some research on that and find out. But, however, the main event that's my favorite and match of the night is Doiki versus Taichi along with Miho Abe. The reason I say this, Doiki has been one of those wrestlers that was keep losing all the time, but he has made some impressive headways during the best of the Super Juniors. And I think this was the match of the night for him. And I believe this is the one of the few matches that will be the best one for 2022 for him. I loved it. It was like all intensify, all energy, but frankly... Doki came up short, Taichi won. I'm just, it was one of the best matches. I loved it. I just enjoyed this match. But as soon as the, the show was over, um, well, post-match, uh, Taichi had some words of wisdom for Doki. We all know he's good at what he does. But at the same time, as soon as the show was over, um, I did not know this. It, all members of Suzuki-gun came out because they were celebrating Miho Abe's birthday! Yes, so uh, Taichi's lucky charm, Miho Abe's birthday, and she got caked by Minoru Suzuki. I thought that was that was a classic. I love that. It was so amazing to see that. I just, I, I couldn't stop laughing. I just, <laughs> it, it's so great. I, I don't know. I just love seeing things like that. It just makes me laugh. I just, well, I don't know. So, I think that's pretty much it what we got for that. So, let's move on to the next topic. We're talking... This one I never talked about. This is from a something that took that was announced last late last year. There's an all-female faction based on um, death matches and hardcore matches. They call themselves Prominence. It's consistent of Risa, Sarah, Zuzu Suzuki, Akane Fujita... Mochi, uh, Mochi Miyagi and Kurumi uh, Hiragi. Now, uh, just for the record, uh, Hiragi is currently inactive due to injury. All these women, all five of them, came originally from the promotion known as Ice Ribbon. And apparently they wanted to be more focused on freelancing, but mostly with death matches and hardcore matches. And they made that decision. But however... They set up a show they wanted to produce themselves, and luckily for them, they got a response from Shanshiro Tagagi, who is one of the executives from Cyberfight and also a wrestler for DDT. He wanted to uh, produce their show coming up, and their show that they had recently is called 
Gaken no Fuji versus Prominent. So basically, there's a lot of matches. Only four matches that took place on this particular. Um, the first one was a hardcore match. It was Zuzu Suzuki versus Chris Brooks. I thought this match was pretty good because Zuzu, she has stepped up many occasions in hardcore and death matches. But I think the one thing that kind of fell for her is Drew Parker shows up, uh, Chris's boy. And, of course, Zuzu flipped him off, you know, you know, telling him, fuck you, all of that. And I think Chris, like, huh, that's your final word. Now, the next match, I don't know what to make of it. This one was the Gake no Fuji rules match. It was Risa Sara versus Miyako Matsumoto. <laughs> there was, like, a lot of ridiculous things that show up. There was a little bit of comedy, but I wasn't too much soul on that. But I can tell you, Risa won. And the next one we have is prominence. We have... Mochi Miyagi and Akane Fujita taking on Shinjiro Tagagi and Soninisesti Mao Inoue. But the match ended in no contest because of Shuma Katsumara shows up and attacks Shinjiro. Now, it was kind of crazy. Now, Prominence did not like what they saw, so they tried to help uh, Shinjiro Tagagi in order to, you know, maintain order. So, however, it later became a... Uh, Four-on-five match of no disqualification. We have prominence, both uh, Akane Fujita, Mochi Miyagi, Suzuki, and Risa, along with Shanjiro Tagagi taking on Shuma Katsumoto, uh, Sonisiste Mao Inoue, Chris Brooks, and Miyako Matsumoto. But uh, for the record, also, um, Hirage was also there too, but she wasn't wrestling. I thought this match was so intensified because... They had Legos, they had ladders, tables, and chairs. The whole shebang in hardcore matches. That's amazing how it goes. But I think the best finisher is when Risa Sarah applied a double knee on top of a ladder, right? When a ladder and ch and chairs were on top of Miyako and allowed her to win the match. I thought it was a good match. I liked it. And, of course, the f thing is what I did notice as soon as the post-match was over. It appears that Prominence are opening their doors for Miyako Matsumoto. They want her to join. But Shinjiro Tagagi decided, like, shove her down to them, like saying, join them, join them. But she did not want to because she felt like she did not want to betray Shinjiro Tagagi. Like, like, look, I Miyako's already a deathmatch wrestler. She fits right in, and she should make the right choice. It would be a perfect opportunity for her. So basically... What's the point of these of this show that you, some of you probably ask? Simple. This is going to be a a pre-flagship. Basically, if you know this, uh, Cyberfight uh, broadcast many shows on their Wrestle Universe shows like Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, Gunbari. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be shows like this that Prominence will produce. And, of course, during the press conference... Uh, as soon as the match was over, uh, Shinjiro Tagagi said that he felt great energy coming from prominence. But he did gave them the heads up saying, hey, girls, if you want to use Wrestle Universe, just let me know. So he's giving them a platform to you, the broadcaster shows. And I'm, sh and I'm sure they love that. I'm sure they would love to do that because it would give them much exposure for their shows, what they're going to be producing. I think it's going to be a great thing for them and hopefully we get to see one again down the line in the future now 
Next up we got is Wrestle Kingdom 16. I have to say, it was a great three days. I was a, a, a bit more, you know, on the fence on certain matches. But I have to say, the best matches I did enjoy for this one in particular. Let's go with, in the pre-shows, I did not expect right now to see Shima. It was surprising. Shima's part of Glee, but it was great that he was there. But I gotta love what he did. It was a great what he to show up. But here's the thing: one of my favorite matches that, that for this one, there's few that I'm gonna point out is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles in a three-way match. Now, this one features the Mega Coaches, Rocky Romero, um, who else? Oh yeah, Ryusuke Taguchi taking on, um, no, no, scratch it. That's not it. My bad. Not the night one. That that's night two. I forgot. Shit. Okay, now I I get it. Uh, I have to say the best matches that I have seen so far is the three of uh, uh, matches at the end. The IWGP Tag Team Titles, Chaos versus Dangerous Techers. Uh, this match was great. I have to say it showed a lot of character in this particular matches because Chaos. Both Yuji, uh, Goto and Yoshihashi have been trying for months to prove that they are a steady tag team. Now, what I love about the story is how Goto has always looked out for Taichi. Because, if you know this or not, Yoshihashi looked up to Shinsuke Nakamura as a big brother. you know, And I'm sure he would be proud of him. And, of course, Goto made a promise to look after him. And that's what he did. He looked out for him you know, since then. But now that he put up his own weight knowing that he can hold his own, he was the one who made the final blow to win the match when he applied the butterfly effect. And, of course, allowed them to, for him. And this is the first time Yoshihashi gets IWGP gold. Now, he was a, 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 a never-open-weight six-man tag champion with Goto, but this is one of those matches that you definitely know is going to be great. Now, the next one was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship Hiromu and Desperado. Now, these guys have been going back and forth for a long time. Hiromu has always been the face of the junior heavyweight division, but Desperado has been the guy who's like trying to be the best that he could be. Doesn't want to be the face. He just wants to be a good wrestler. But it was amazing how this match was played out. I loved it. It was so great. But however, Desperado was able to Retain the title. I love this one. Now, the main event was the IWGP heavyweight, world heavyweight title between Kagushika Okada and Shingo Tagagi. Now, this was an intensified match. You know exactly how this is, but somehow the Rainmaker pulled it off. He's finally back being the Rainmaker that he was. But however, he was, as soon as he regained that championship, there is one thorn in his side that he needs to uh, dealt with. And I'm talking about Will Ospreay. So that led to night two. However, let's go to night two. Now, I did mention the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. This one had the mega coaches, Rocky Romero, Ryusuke Taguchi versus Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El Fantasmo, Taiji Shimuri versus the Flying Tigers, who are the champions, consistent of Tiger Mask and Robbie Eagles. Now, I'm not going to get too much details on the match, but I can tell you this. For a long time, we have been speculating about Phantasmo. 
What the fuck did he had in his shoe? Now, there's those are saying there could be a metal plate in the shoe or inside the shoe, whatever the scenario. Now, there was a moment when Phantasmo accidentally hit the, his shoe onto Taiji Shimuri, knocked him out cold, leaving him by himself. Now, he, Taguchi was about to make the pin, but Robbie had a better idea. So he told everybody, hold him down. So they removed... So basically, while everybody was holding down, Robbie took out the shoe, pulled out what was in there, and there was a metal plate in his shoe. And that's when it's like, I knew it! I knew it! There's the evidence! So basically, Phantasmo is now in deep hell right now. Now that they found out that he was cheating. All the lies that he says that, he, that he's been kicking trees, pr improving his super kick. That was just a bunch of lies. So he was kicked out of the match. So the ref made a decision to disqualify the Bullet Club's cutest tag team, but let it continue with Flying Tigers and Mega Coaches. But however, the match ended with Flying Tigers retaining the titles, all thanks to Robbie Eagles. So what does this mean for for uh <laughs> for uh, Fantasmo? I wouldn't be surprised if he gets reprimanded for what happened. Now, in, in night two of Wrestle Kingdom, they had the Stardom Special. We had Sayaka Mitani and Tam Nakano teaming up versus Starlight Kid and Mayu Tani. Now, the dynamic on that match was very interesting. As you know, uh, Sayaka Mitani and Tam were once a student and teacher type of scenario. Tam was Sayaka's uh, protege. Starlight Kid and Mayu were close friends, and they were part of the MK sisters until Kid was... Snatched by the by Oda Tai, and the match was pretty good. I think this kind of will open the doors for uh, various people to. Hey guys, look at Stardom. You gotta watch, and I've been a f big fan of that, and I love, I love what it was going on in in that. And fortunately, it was Saya Kamitani who picked up the victory with the Phoenix Splash, and she said this particular move was done by her favorite wrestler, and that person is you may like it, or none of you guys will praise it, Kota Ibushi. So I don't know what Ibushi would say about that, but I'm sure he will be f flattered that someone, uh, you know, pays attention. But we'll see about that in the, in the near future for that. Now, as you know, we have a brand new uh, KOPW provisional champion, and I'm going to give this one away, is going to be Minoru Suzuki. So, basically, what kind of stipulations this guy is going to do? I don't know. It's going to be one crazy stipulation. I was like, I'm so excited for that to happen. But, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the last two matches on this one, the, uh, the, of course, well, yeah, the last two matches is the, uh, the U.S. Championship between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenta. I thought this match was insane because Kenta, he made this a no disqualification match and that that was possibly his downfall. He should have known better not to put it, but he wants to do it because they have a better chance to win, but it didn't happen. But Taichi Shimuri, I mean, Ta Tanahashi won that match really good. But the main event was, of course, for the World Heavyweight title between Osprey, who claims he is the true champion but however okada has to make uh, defend it now here's the thing these two guys have became enemies osprey is trying to rectify the mistake that took place in last year's wrestle kingdom where he lost but 
I have to say the match was incredible. I think it's one of the those matches that tells us, you know, we definitely enjoyed a lot. I am practically happy with the whole thing what's been going on. So basically, you know, I I'm like amazed with the match. It showed, you know, that Okada is now back being the rainmaker and all that. But however, he has a challenger now, and that challenger is Naito. And I'm kind of curious how that one's going to be. But right now, let's move on to the next part, which is the, how do I say, night three, where we have Pro Wrestling Noah versus New Japan. Every match of this was pretty good. I enjoyed many of them. Um, let me see which ones I do believe is my favorite ones. I will say... Uh, the ones I did like is Segura Goon, consistent of Kasushi Sakuraba and Takashi Segura with a mystery partner that turned out to be Toto Yano. Take, now, you probably say, wait a minute, uh, J-Rod, isn't it Yano with New Japan? Yes, but there's a reason. It turns out that Sakuraba, he used to be with Chaos, so, and he was drinking buddies with Yano. So it was later revealed that... Uh, Sakuraba called them saying, hey, we need your help. We need you to replace Kenta. And not to mention, this was also a way to piss off the opponent, the opponents, because one of them is Minoru Suzuki since he won the provisional trophy. So basically, it was Doiki, Des no, no, uh, it was Takamichuku, Taichi, and Minoru Suzuki. But I think the best moment is where Suzuki uh, and, and Sugiura actually were in each other's faces, like slapping your face. The comments is like, hey, how's it going? How's the kids? How's the wives? All that. All right, let's go. So I that was a great moment, the way they were playing out. But, however, it was um, Takashi who pinned uh, Michinuku in this match, allowing themselves to win. So I thought it was a pretty good one. This is one of my favorite matches. Now, the next one that came out to this one was, in fact, the Masaki Amiya and uh, Shiozaki taking on the House of Torture. Now, keep in mind, House of Torture is the meanest team ever. They completely were trying to, uh, how do I say, uh, eliminate anybody, cheat their way through. They even had the other members, Yujiro, who wasn't even on the card. Sho just won his first his match on the night against Koroge, and it did not work. And somehow, Masa Kiyomiya and Sho Shiozaki beat them without any help from anybody. And I was like, whoa, that is insane. I was like, I can't believe it. And the funny thing is, on this particular match, the commentators were siding with these guys with Noah. Like, yes, guys, beat these guys. We hate these guys. So he's like, hey, listen, guys, come back. Show the New Japan guys how to deal with House of Torture. <laughs> you know, I thought it was a great moment. Now, the last two uh, uh, matches on this one, we had the anti-establishment tag teams. We have Congo, consistent Aleha and Tadasuke, Manabu Soya and Keno, and Katsuhiko Nakajima versus all members of LIJ. That was a good match because these guys are similar. But however, I have to say the mistake that took place from Congo was Tadasuke trying to take the glory, but he had to deal with the dragon. I'm talking about Shingo. However, Keno was the one who will take this to his it will come back to bite him in the ass he was yappity yappy during night two when they uh first appeared 
So basically, it w um, I don't know what he would say. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, you know, to deal with Shingo or Naito. I don't know what are the two. But the main event is, of course, Kaito Kiyomiya and Keiji Muda, or as we know him, the great Muda, taking on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and the rainmaker, Kaguchika Okada. Now, that was a pretty intense match to watch. I just enjoy it. I... I think this is how it tells the story, how Kiyomiya, who wants to prove that he can be the ace of Noah, but he has things that stand in his way. I'm talking about Mudo, who can't let go of the past, but he wants to be in the same predicament as Tanahashi and Okada. So that kind of cost him the match, but he put up a great effort. Now, what did I think about Wrestle Kingdom? I have to say it was pretty good. I liked it. Certain matches I did enjoy. There's certain ones I did like. That's why I mention all of these. And it would make a lot more sense about that. But, you know, that's how I feel. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about is certain things that took on with WWE. Now, you may have heard, we just had a bunch of releases. We have Willem Regal was released. Gabe Scapoli. We had uh, many others that just immediately came from the NXT brand. Now... You probably ask yourselves, why is this happening? These are people that were released by, that were hired by Triple H. So basically, they're trying to remove anything that is Triple H. Now, most of these people that I saw on the list, these are people that structured NXT, and that kind of fits in. Now, apparently, AEW are interested in signing these guys. And Willem Regal is one of those guys I, they, they cannot miss. He probably will be the perfect guy to be bring structure. But that's yet to be seen. Now, the, the next developments that took place with WWE is, of course, the Women's Royal Rumble. It was announced that they did not have enough women in the Rumble. They had about 19. You need 30. So they started calling out certain wrestlers that they had in the past, like the Bella Twins, um, Summer Rae. But the most interesting name is Mickey James. Now, this is the interesting part. You probably say, Impact Wrestling. She's with Impact Wrestling. True. But however, I don't know how you guys would be too keen about this or how you feel. It appears that they are stepping into the forbidden door. Now, there's a lot of mixed reactions towards that. People say, Britt Baker said that they don't need the forbidden door because they release a lot of talent. Well, I... Happen to agree, but this thing with tr with them uh, saying they're working with Impact, it kind of tells us, you know, in a way, would this benefit them? Because WWE has been the one promotion that tried to control the wrestling world. I'm not sure, but Mickey James did state it that when John Leonidas called, uh, they say they needed uh, more re female wrestlers to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, but Leonidas says no, no borders at all. That was very unusual because WWE don't work with other companies unless they're trying to buy it. And, and that kind of tells me, like, are they really going to let the doors open? You know, are they willing to accept the fact that you want to share the wrestling world with everybody? That's what AEW existed. You see, how many wrestlers uh, you guys know, mostly from the independents, had tried to get in with WWE and they tell them, sorry, you're not that good. And you want to say to them, bullshit. You know who was one of those wrestlers that said he's not good enough? Sammy Guevara. 
but I don't know. But this thing with the Forbidden Door, I'm not too sure it would benefit them. And that kind of tells us we need to be open-minded, see how it goes. Would it work for them or not? But I don't know. I can't uh, say yes or no, but all we can do is wait and see what takes place. But here's the best part about Mickey James that I've been told. She is going to the Royal Rumble with the title. Now, that is something I would love to see. Hopefully, fans would just finally please just watch Impact. Don't just watch WWE. There's a lot of good wrestling you guys got to watch. So WWE is not just the one promotion you definitely got to watch. There's more. I I watch a lot of wrestling. Not just here in the States. Mexico, Japan, anywhere in the world. But just watch it. So. Wow. That's a lot of things I had to put out. And I'm getting a, a damn headache. So. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed me talking about this because I love wrestling. I do. There's a lot of great things that's taking place. I can't wait to talk more about it on the next week's episode. So right now, I'll call it a day for all of you. But for now, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!